0: Imagine what it would be like if we were really curious about each other.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Kep Crabb.
0: Welcome to Relational Spirituality, the podcast brought to you by Larger Story, where you do belong, you can become, and you will be known. I'm your host this week, Kep Crab, and for the past few weeks, we've been chatting about church. We've been talking about um, what church is like and what's the importance of church, and so I thought it'd be kind of fun today to bring a friend of mine in who is actually part of our church family, talking about Kimmy and myself and has been for about the last year and a half or so. He's been a pastor in all sorts of roles with the local church. He's currently working with hospice care, which in itself is amazing. Um, but uh, today, Anthony Vartuli joins me. Anthony, thanks for joining me today, brother. How you doing? Oh, Kemp, it's so good to
1: see you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've been looking forward to uh, this time with you.
0: We've been talking about this for a while. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Well, when I talk about you being part of our church family, yeah. we should probably unpack that just a little bit. Uh, about a year yeah. and a half ago, uh, yeah. Kimmy, uh, you and I actually went on a trip together. We went to uh, to Michigan yeah. for a, a weekend for a, a planning strategy meeting up there, which went really well. And you had told me about this group that you guys have been a part of, um, and you kind of lead it, but I don't know if, if there's actually technically a real leader to the group at some level, at least since I've experienced that, which I think also has been kind of fun. Um, but you invited Kimmy and me to join that with you guys. And so I really prayed about it and thought about it, talked with her. And I felt it was so important for us to do that mostly because of her. I wanted her to experience some of that community. Um, and it's been, yeah. it's been yeah. a year and a half that's been amazing. Um, just to kind of tell, tell y'all a real quick story, and Anthony remembers this, And it was uh, just a few months ago that my wife actually started to open up and she started to really let herself be seen and known (laughs) as we're talking about here, where she belongs and she can become and she can be known. And that's what happened. And um, I was just uh, amazed by it to see how the Holy Spirit worked and how Anthony, how you and Diane, your wife and everyone else in our group responded to her in a way that was just so, uh, so powerful to me. And that's what kind of churches that's, that's been our church. You guys have been our church for the last uh, year and a half.
1: Well, and we've absolutely loved having you. And I think, you know, when it started, um, we, you know, it was actually a very spontaneous thing. It wasn't anything that we were all looking at as, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to just do this and we had all these plans. It was really more, like you said, it was birthed out of that time together and, you know, we just talked to some friends and you're part of that group, obviously, where we just said, you know, hey, we're we want to get together and we want to start this little group, talk about our lives together. Uh maybe have it be a platform for just rich conversation. Um and you know it, it really started before that with Duncan Sprague mm-hmm. um at his house. So so yeah, it's been a great thing. And like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm not so much the leader as I am more of a like a facilitator to our group time, uh, but it's been rich and to hear your wife open up, I think is just a part of what we have experienced in the group with everybody. And that it's become what your dad just always talked about, a safe place for us, to share whatever it is that's on our hearts, uh, wherever we are in the present moment. And as you know, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things and people have felt free to share some, some pretty raw and honest things. And, uh, and uh, it's been a real, real blessing to Diane and I, and we just, we just enjoy it. And I, you know, I think about the book, Real Church and, um When your dad wrote that book, I was still a pastor uh, at, at a church locally here, and when I read it, I was so taken by it. Hmm. And I think partly because up to that point in my life, I was searching. I was searching, for, you know, personally for a kind of church that could be a safe place where we could look bad in the presence of love. That's your dad's phrase. Um, And I was just so thirsty for it and hungry for it. And, uh, and so that book meant a lot to me when I first read it. And I've read it at least a couple times since then. So, you know, and there's always just more to glean from it, but really it came out of a hunger in me.
0: Yeah. for that for the kind of church that your your dad was talking about well you remember when he wrote this book it kind of came out of a birthing from him he was in the middle of writing 66 love letters yeah and um and just kind of needed to take a little bit of a break from that intense project and so he started yeah. in on he started in on real church um which actually put him in some contract issues which of course dad <laughs> never cared about but Everything worked out in the end. I'm so glad he wrote the book cuz one of the things he talks about in the book, Anthony, what I, what I wanted to chat with you about, being yeah. part of our church, what makes our group a church? Why is it dis- what's the distinction? And I think you hit on it a little bit with with what you kind of just said there, but but yes. this is what Jimmy and I now feel is our church. And I meet with different groups and different different men's groups and chat with different people, but when we get with you guys together on Sunday, um, even in a virtual context, we consider that our church and have now for the last year and a half and it's been um, such a blessing. It has been. and I'd be curious as,
1: as to your answer to that question as well, Kep. Um <laughs> For Diane and I, it's been a place where we can be ourselves. I think that's pretty important. and and we haven't we haven't known that level of uh, maybe intimacy is the wrong word but it, I think there's intimacy there but that's not we that's actually not what we're trying to pursue really we're just coming to see how we can be spiritually formed I would use that phrase more than more than intimacy uh, intimacy is something that you know may come and it's a byproduct yeah. of of a church that really has in its mind spiritual formation and how God actually does the forming. And so we, as you know, we, you know, we don't come with an agenda. No, we just come and we share our present moment with each other. If you want to share. And that typically when we can start to, think about what's going on inside of us in the moment and not try to filter it or anything. And someone feels free to share. Well, then we're off and running. It it feels like we've turned our chairs toward each other. Yeah. Uh, which is a metaphor your dad used to use, which I love the idea of actually meeting people in, in their inner world. Uh, and, and it's, Pretty much every time we leave that Sunday morning meeting, Diane and I feel like we have turned our chairs toward each other. Mm -hmm. And we have actually met your soul. And and you've met mine and and the rest of the people in the group. And it's just... and, And this is, I think, one of the hard things about real church is it can't be easily manufactured. It's not something that we're tried that we, that we can ourselves create. It, it really has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of mystery in the timing of that. Huh? And oh, yeah. I, I just, you, dad talks a lot about the Holy Spirit in real church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And, uh, you know, and how the spirit is the one who must lead us. And so you know, there there is a timing component to it all, as it to how the spirit
0: is working. What do you think? Well, it just it seems too as you're talking. What we've really focused on in the year and a half that I've been there is what does it look like to follow the rhythm of the spirit. Where yeah. do we go? I love I love the whole thought of of um, not having an agenda, um, not yeah. coming in yeah. with some kind of a preset agenda, and and where everyone can really just be and people who don't want to share. And just to, just to let you folks who are watching us today know, there's, there's four couples that are involved in our group. And we also have a, a widow involved. Her husband passed away shortly before Kimmy and I actually became part of the group. Um, and she's also actually blind, um, which is a completely different element involved in that. Um, but it's been such an interesting thing to have her as part of the group and, and, and all of us. And, and um, so it's just been, it, it's one of those times where, you know, I asked the question, what, makes this a church. And it's almost where you come to it with a different intentionality. And I wish that we could live more. And I think this of myself, just as you were talking, I felt myself thinking, how come I can't live in the rhythm of the spirit more? Because I do feel the same way you do, Anthony, after some of those times where we'll have met Sunday morning um, after a church service and we get together for an hour and a half or so. And Kimmy and I leave that feeling very blessed very, um, uplifted, very, uh, part of something,
1: um, yeah. yeah.
0: you know, and that that's, and it's, and it's, uh, it's been exactly what we had hoped it's been in the sense of giving us an opportunity to get together with people intentionally weekly to talk about our lives. And that's not an yeah,
1: easy thing to do. Yeah. I just really love your words. Um, you know We come in seeking the rhythm of the Holy Spirit, and I guess it would be important to say this too Kep, because some people listening might think, "Oh, we just come in, and, you know we, we don't we don't think of anything, and there's no thought behind it, but as I think about those who are journeying with us in that in that little group, we've all gotten some kind of taste of spiritual theology or the seven questions as. Your dad would have called them the seven questions of spiritual theology, and it's those those biblical questions have have guided us, and and so they're they're kind of in the back of our mind as we're listening to people, you know, who is God, and really like what is he up to? Yeah, you know, and. and- and the, and the one about the spirit, you know, what is the spirit doing right now? What is, this, what you, what is he doing today? And
0: Just so people know what, the, what you're talking about, Anthony, when, when Anthony refers to the seven questions of spiritual theology, it's something that dad came up with many, many years ago. And he basically said, if as a church, you're not doing one, if not all of these things in respect to these questions, or unaware or engaging these things in some way, you're really not being a church. And so the questions were just simply, who is God? And then he defines it. What is God up to? He talks a little bit about that. Who are we? Is the third question. What's gone wrong? (laughs) We could probably spend a lot of time on that. What's God done about our problem? What's God done by Jesus Christ? He introduced the new covenant. He unpacks that a little bit. And then how is God's spirit moving today? And then then the last question, which is the one I think that we were talking about just a second ago is, how do we join the movement or join the spirit's movement um, as he leads? And dad always used to say, you know, find out what direction the spirit's going and then tag along with that. Well, how do you do that? And it's interesting because dad unpacks a little bit of it in real church um, because he talks about the church that he really wants to be a part of, the church that, you know, doesn't really exist. And so many, so many of us today have been hurt by the church, Anthony, you and I've talked about that a lot, but let me say what he, what he did say one time that always sticks with me is how do you know you're in the rhythm or, or, or following the leading of the spirit? And he, and he said this about three things. He said, there's three things that give you that indication. The first thing is spending time in in the word, in scripture. And dad, I just, if I picture my dad, I picture him with a Bible in his hand, Either with his face in the Bible or teaching what his face was learning as he was in the Bible.
1: One of the greatest things about your dad is he he loved the Bible and he knew he knew the Word of God and and everything that he tried to say, as I experienced it, emerged from the text.
0: I totally Bible, agree. In a relational sense, and that's the that's the big piece. Is the second piece is is community. Yes. So spending time in Scripture. But then also being part of a community, an intentional community, which is one of the reasons that Kimmy and I felt so called to join the group that you guys have been a part of for a while. That's a community. That's a community of people who you can be real with, who you can chat with. And then the last thing, which I think also kind of is a byproduct of community at some level, is prayer. And when those three things kind of line up, you probably are pretty confident that the Spirit's in it. And so my big thought thought with Kimmy was, we don't have the community, or at least she didn't at the time. I get a chance to work in places where I get a chance to have all these kind of conversations. Which, by the way, in the last few months have been so rich, and the, you can just feel the Holy Spirit in some of the conversations, like we've had even on our Sunday mornings. That you just the, the spirit is palpable, you know. And I go back to your
1: question about, you know. What is church? And so as you mentioned those seven questions, to have to have those questions in the back of our minds as we're, as we're conversing with people. And one one in particular that just stuck out as you as you talked is what 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 has gone wrong? And I I, I do think what allows our our little church to be maybe a little safer than some others is that we all have a sense of how things have gone wrong in us. And so therefore, when somebody shares something that is a confession of of something that they've done wrong or how they've relationally failed, we're a, we're a safe enough group that we can hear that person yeah, without, without judging them. And of course, you know, our group in a lot of ways is not perfect. And, you know, we, we wrestle through it and, and we seek to find the rhythm of the Holy Spirit in the middle of it. But really, you know, looking back in the presence of love, that phrase and it just really resonates as to you know what, what is a church? It's a place where you can reveal who you are and you will experience love by those and, and also in the midst of that love, I think also some discernment as to what what God is putting his finger on, but not in a judgmental way. Yeah but in a way that leads us to be a little more spiritually formed. Yeah. And that's why the word spiritual formation, he mentioned that in the beginning of the book. I just feel like a lot of groups start out with intimacy. And that's, that's, a, that's a real danger hmm. because if we make intimacy the, the priority, then it'll be a vul- vulnerability group. And there'll be competition over vulnerability. And uh, it it just, it just doesn't move in a good direction. But if you, if you think about a group in terms of, okay, I'm here to be spiritually formed and not necessarily feel intimacy. Now, if that comes, that's great. Yeah. But, but to be spiritually formed to me is a higher calling for a church
0: that's what I feel like we've experienced. I think we've yeah. had a chance to experience yeah. that and, and, and to start to move into that. And it, it takes time. It does not happen easily. And it's interesting, as you talk about what's gone wrong, uh, one of the definitions is, is we reject God, declaring our independence. You see what's happening today? I want to be a boy today. I want to be a girl tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and thus, we infect ourselves with an anti-God virus that pushes pushes us to live our lives as if, as if God does not exist unless he's willing to go along and support our plans. <laughs> yeah, that really gets to
1: the, some, more, some more of the depths of sin.
0: And it, go, it goes into the, the next book that we're gonna be putting out here, um, which is off track that, uh, that actually dad has written. And we're now getting to the point where it's getting ready to go to where it needs to go. And that really talks yeah. about what's gone wrong. Um, even the abolition of man by C.S. Lewis. When we declare ourselves God, you know, and God, you're only here to suit us. Boy, you know, that's um, that's what that's what he th- dad talks about in this book. Off track. What does it look like to be off track, and how do you get back on track? Um, and that's where I think community is so important to get back on track. And as we talk about church and, and the the rhythm of the spirit, why is church becoming so unpopular? today, Anthony, and, 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 and seeing is in many lights, in my opinion, at least what I've experienced to some people is very unimportant and not valuable. Matter of fact, even beyond just not valuable, it's a, it's either something that I don't want to do because of whatever reason, or it's getting in the way of my walk of, of, of my, my journey, my, my narrow road journey. And sometimes that happens. Why is that so much today happening? I wonder if
1: it, I do resonate with what you're saying. Um, and I wonder if part of it has to do with like what we were talking about. We we don't typically turn our chairs toward each other.
0: Hmm.
1: And when we're in a conversation, whether it's a church or, or, or wherever, you know, it's typically more about topics of yeah. the Bible or... Or political issues. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with talking about political issues um, or theological issues. But our souls never meet in those kind of conversations. I mean, fine, you know, go ahead and have those conversations, they're important on some level. But our souls were meant to meet in some way. And so if we leave a church service or uh, a Wednesday night Bible study, or so on and so forth, and our souls haven't met. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's a big loss. Yeah, and I, and and I do believe that the people of God, all of us, all of us who call ourselves Christians, long to be met on the level of the soul. Long for a handful of people to to understand the battle going on inside of us. Cause we, we hardly have words for ourselves, uh, but there is a battle going on. And you know, it's a battle between the spirit of God who is deeply embedded in our souls and, and the flesh, yeah. which is going to be with us until we die. Yeah. And so who can we, who can we feel safe with and and talk about that battle, with. That's what we long for. I know that's what I long for. I, I long for people I can share, personally, what the, that how that battle takes shape, in my life, and not only and not only to share it. I mean, there's that sense of, oh yeah, someone can someone sees this battle going on inside me, but also, if, who's got the discernment to help us move in a good direction where we're fighting that battle. Well, and that, again, that's where those, you know, the spiritual theology, the, or, you know, uh, even maybe a better term is relational theology, you know, just helps us understand the categories that God has given us in the Bible, the relational categories, not just the theological categories, because that's all head knowledge. Um, the theo- the theological categories are there, but the relational categories, as we think of what what's gone wrong in me and how does that take shape in me personally? Um, who who is God? You know, that's obviously the one we want to start with. He's a Trinitarian God, and he's a community. And you know what your dad used to love to say is the only perfect small group. You know, <laughs> so, time. but. You know, as we meet on Sundays, and I'm not always aware of this, Cap, but but I am aware of it to some degree, is that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are eavesdropping in on our conversation. And that swirls around in my mind and heart as people are talking. And I find myself in the group saying, Lord, I, I want I want to hear what this person's saying, spirit, I want you to lead me, give me words. Uh, and if the words don't come, here's the great thing. We don't have to say anything. You know, we can just ask yeah. questions yeah. along with, and that's part of the beauty of what we've experienced. The thing is that is the, is the, um,
0: there's really no need for pressure. That's what I was going to just say. There's, the pressure's off there. The pressure's yeah, off. Know? I felt that. There's something attractive about that. It's been that's I think that that kind of comes with the no agenda kind of a piece as well. And yeah, and yeah. it's been interesting to see how the spirit's moved. And I think what I as I hear you talking, what I kind of start to think about is how do you really open up those opportunities for the spirit to move in ways that really can be profound? And that's what we're trying to do now with this groove. And it takes time, it takes intentionality, um, it takes a willingness to. To think and to be quiet. What I've really appreciated about this group is there's no one, first of all, who's necessarily leading it. You organize it and you, and you put, out a, put out an email, which is fantastic and you're doing a great job. But, but I wouldn't say that there's any, any one leader. And now some no. groups need a leader. Some groups need to be led, but I think this is a different group. And that's what excites me is being a part of a group that you just kind of see where the, where the spirit takes us today. Um, And that's, what's been exciting for me is as we, we go through this thing Sunday by Sunday. And the other thing that I think is a little bit interesting too, that some might not realize is we do all of this virtually. We've got some people in our group from New York. We've got people in our group from Florida. We've got, you know, from all over the country. um, And we're here in Colorado and um, you know, and, and so we used to, used to wonder as we were starting larger story is, is the virtual element. Can you really have, you know, real relationship in that kind of a setting. And I think we've come to prove, absolutely. Yeah, we
1: can. And, uh, you know, the, the non-pressure thing is, is, is really true. We, we've, uh, well, we're grateful to God, right? Because like I said, at the beginning, we didn't try to manufacture this. Mm -hmm. The spirit kind of led us into it and, you know, it's happening in a new way. So I would say to people out there who are longing for something like this, to uh, to be patient. Mm. To be patient because it's something ultimately that God accomplishes in his time. And yes, there is intentionality. And it's great to try to get groups going like this and, and to really to really think about what does it mean to be spiritually formed together? Uh, It's really important. And I would say, go for it, you know, (laughs) keep, keep looking into it, read real church because it will stir some, some of your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It'll stir some of your thinking. And, you know, interestingly, I was, I've been reading Ephesians and one phrase, I was reading it out of the message. And one phrase that has really stayed with me, uh, you know, that's Peterson's translation. Um, He says, uh, The church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. And it's just a stunning statement because if that's true, then what we're talking about, the kind of church we're talking about, is is so central in God's mind for us as believers and it forms when, when it happens well it forms and it shapes our thinking and it forms and shapes the way we live yeah and what i would say is and i, I could say this about different groups that i've been in but especially this one is that i am learning a little more about what it means to love people mm mm-hmm. As opposed to, um, you know, just
0: different doctrine and, you know, different promises. All, all of that has its place. Or what can I get? You know, what, what am I getting? And that's, that's sometimes, you know, when you go to church and you leave thinking, oh, that was good. Music was good. Pastor was, was, was pretty entertaining, said some funny things and also had some good points in there, too. But it, it, I, don't, I don't approach any of that with, with our time of, of what am I getting? There's just that. That's not on my mind. You, you mentioned something earlier that was kind of interesting. And I wanted to ask you a question. You yeah, said the yeah. dad had said one time that the, the Trinity is the only small group that's ever gotten along perfectly or really well or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Perfectly is yeah, yeah. But but so so why is that? Because we've not really hit any of those uh, moments, at least that I've seen yet that have been challenging from a relational component. Where do we go when those kind of things happen? And that then becomes more, uh, more of a, almost, almost a, 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 a marriage picture yeah. of, you know, when things get tough, what do you do? And that's where, you know, you, you, you love to say, we're not going anywhere. You know, what are we going to do? You know, let's figure this out. Let's work with the Lord on this and, 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 and keep moving forward. So that's just my question is when those kind of things happen in these groups, which, by the way, always do. Yeah, I do. How do you how do you move through those in a way that puts Jesus on display and also allows the group to to flourish in some ways and, and get through those deep waters like a marriage? When you've been through those deep waters and you've come out on the other side, it's like wow, we've got something here. Thank you, Lord.
1: Yeah, and I think you put good words to it. But you know, I I'll start out by saying I I have asked myself that same question because we haven't had any necessarily big blowups. I wonder what the other group members would say we've had times where we've wrestled through tough issues with each other. And, uh, and, and I loved what you just said. We're not going anywhere, you know, to be continued. We're, you know, we're in this and we want to be in it. So we've had those tough, tough times on, on one level, but, Another level, level, I I think part of it has to do with, you know, this might be the wrong statement, I don't know, but I think part of it has to do with the fact that we have all been through significant difficulties in our own lives that have brought us to places in our own journeys that we've really had to think about our own relational failures somehow I, I think
0: that helps. I don't know what you would say well, I think that that's certainly a part of it we we're we're not a young group um we've we've have we've got some some gray hairs and uh we've got yeah. some some uh chinks in the armor from the experience that we've been down but um yeah we're, we're a not. bit older getting older you know that's the way it is and um but I've appreciated the the relationships in respect to You know, as we, you know, it's, it's funny how, as you're, as you're getting older, you start to realize that things don't get easier. They really don't. You know, I used to think when I'm 55 years old, my faith is going to be so deep and I'm going to have walked with the Lord for so long. And, you know, I, I, you know, I might not sin, but maybe once or twice a week. I don't know. You know, this is when I was a little kid thinking, what am I going to be like when I'm my age now? And I'm like, my gosh, this life just continues to squeeze you. Um, And you see the hurt and the pain that so many people are going through and the yeah. hopeless feeling that so many people have now, because there's no thought of what's coming. And I love the fact the church, the, the, the church that Kimmy and I get a chance to go to on the, the mornings, we listen to a little church here in our, in our town that we, we haven't had a chance to go to personally. So we watch it online before we join, join you guys. Yeah. Two weeks ago, the, the, the pastor there chatted, talked about the second coming dad used to say, when's the last time you heard a pastor talk about the second coming? And what's happening soon with Jesus coming. And I felt like saying, Dad, it was just today. (laughs) Ten minutes ago, I heard the guy talking about it. Um, And I love the thought of that. What does it look to, and we've talked about this, I know, in group, but what does it look to keep, look like, excuse me, to keep heaven on the forefront of our mind when Jesus comes to take us back? And we're told to keep that on the forefront of our minds.
1: And part of what I like about our conversation is we're asking a lot of questions, and I'm not sure I need to answer the question you just asked, that, but it's worth pondering. We, we know that heaven's coming, but it did strike something in me. And, and this, this has something to do with what I think the Spirit of God is doing in our group. If I were to come into our group every Sunday and, and ask, where are you right now? A lot of times my initial response to that question, even when I'm praying, okay, God, where am I right now? My initial response is I'm weary. Hmm. And there are times where I I go to God, God, is that okay to say that (laughs) every time that I I open my heart to you that I'm weary? And I know, I, I pretty much know this for certain, knowing the people that we travel with, is that if I were to bring that every Sunday, I wouldn't get the response of, oh, my gosh, you're weary again? No, I'm just not going to get that response. If anything, people are going to be drawn because they they feel some weariness. And now, you know, i just turned 60 years old, not too long ago. Yep. And uh, the weariness is very rare. <laughs> and something that your dad said in the book, uh, near the end of the book about John Owen, uh, a prayer that, that John Owen used to pray. And it's something like, Lord, make me weary of everything else except for communion with you. And, man, did that encourage me. Because the way your dad unpacks it, he, he says something like, he says something like, maybe in your weariness, God is showing you that there's nothing in this world that can really satisfy your deepest longing, yeah. and maybe the weariness has to do with him showing that to you and revealing to you that he really is the greatest thing, and communion with with God is uh, is primary and and is the best thing, and one day we'll have it in full, but until then we don't, and it's okay to be weary. Yeah. I just felt I just felt such encouragement by that. And I think, I think a church that's moving in a direction that, that God delights in will be okay with the weariness. And I was just down in, in, uh, in, in Austin. I went to my son's church. And one of the, one of the things, this was for Easter, and, and, and one of the things that the pastor said about Easter is he said, don't only bring your joys to this day. Bring your doubts and your mm. sorrows as well.
0: It's
1: mm. good. I was so encouraged by that. Yeah. And I and I think our little our little struggling, stumbling group that we've got, you know, we're trying to follow the rhythm of the spirit, and we we love the time, we love the people, and we know we're just not far enough along. <laughs> but I, I do think there's some freedom in in knowing that if we come. And, and I, I say to Diane, Diane, I'm going to share today. Man, I'm, I'm just in a tough place. I, you know, I, I'm so, I've am i got some sorrow and I've got some some doubts. I'm just going to share them today. I, I pretty much know I'm not going to be shut out. Hmm. But that people are going to tune in their ears and, and listen to me. And, and man, I want to be like that. You know, I just want to continue to be like that. And, and it, it just... It's just encouraging. It's just
0: encouraging. I've definitely experienced that in our group. Like I said with Kimmy, when yeah. she was sharing how how um, how just encouraging and tuned in you guys were and caring. I guess this is the best word to put you care you care about her, and we care oh, about yeah. you. And that's something that really does just show up. And it's something that doesn't happen early. It takes time to develop that relationship. Yes, and that's yeah. so I love your word. I love your word patience. And that'd be the word that I would want to leave with people today as, as we wrap up here is, you know, what does it mean to be patient and slowly wait on the Lord? Um, because sometimes you're waiting for that spirit to just give you the light bulb of, here he goes. And you don't have that. Um, and then you're, there's times in groups where you're wondering, where do we go now? Oh my goodness, what this person just shared. How do I, how do I speak into this person's life? And maybe the best, the best thing, what I've loved about our group is there's a lot of people who are willing to be quiet. And to listen, yeah. to listen, there's not, you know, I, I've I've been in many groups before where you feel a pull from from other people, and and at the end of the group you realize that, you know, for the last two months all you've been talking about is this one guy's issues, and 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 you yeah. know all this kind of stuff, and that's just not really where we're at with our group in any way that I've experienced. Um, it, it kind of seems a very organic organic flow to it that allows us to kind of keep that rhythm in a way that's been really encouraging
1: and you said something you asked a question about the trinity and and what's the difference between the trinity and us and you said something earlier that was important like when we come to the group what do we most want uh and i think what we're learning i know i'm learning this and i've got a long way to go on this is that i'm coming with the question what do i have to give yeah and i'm finding a lot of joy in that yep and if for some reason I were to come and you know, I had sorrows and doubts, and but it was someone else, you know, we went to work, you know, someone else needed to speak. I feel like I'm getting there. I think I feel like I would say that's okay because I have an opportunity to give here. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that earlier on. That feels like a, a really important distinction for a church is to come in and, and to be able to say, what what do I have to give? what resources has God given me relationally that I could offer other people right now and that they they could feel safe in my presence yep. um, and know that I'm for them and so yeah there's 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 times of silence in our group that it's not manufactured. It doesn't feel manufactured. it's it's more of a a pondering silence of, Wondering where God is moving.
0: I don't think there's much that's manufactured in our group, to be very candid with you. I think we're just kind of day to day and seeing where yes. the Lord takes yeah. us. And something about that is good. And I think that, you know, in thinking about church and what that means, and I, what I hear you saying to people today is, give this a chance. Yeah, give it a so chance. Easy to not, you give know, it's, chance. It's, 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 it's interesting because you, you, you talk about looking bad in the presence of love. Well, you're talking about trust. And you're talking about relational trust, as you share things and move in different directions. And there's there's going to be pain and there's going to be challenges. But how do you how do you keep moving forward in a way that allows you to represent Jesus to others that are in that group? And that's kind of what you've done with me, Anthony. Uh, and I just wanted you to know that. And which is why I was so grateful to have you on today and just to chat about this. You know, I know our time is coming up here, but is there anything else you want to say to everybody as we're getting ready to wrap up here?
1: Yeah, I, I I would want to reiterate what you just said is give it a give it a chance, um, and and move into community with with the question. What 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 do I have to give? What does God put inside me that I can give to others?
0: Yeah, that's an essential starting point. So Sometimes it's possible.
1: It, yeah, it's possible to have. It's possible to move toward what God is really wanting for the church. It really is possible, not without a lot of struggle and wrestling, but, but it is possible. And it's, it's, it's worth
0: pursuing. It's worth pursuing. I love it. I think it's so true. And we've been so grateful to be a part of the group that we're in with you guys. and We're so grateful we're, to have you. Yeah, we feel a lot of connection and it's been, uh, been a neat thing. So, Well, folks, thanks for joining us today on Relational Spirituality. The podcast brought to you by Larger Story. Look for us next Tuesday. We'll continue to talk about the book Real Church and what's going on with church now and different things. So thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Have a good day.
1: If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com.